Greetings and welcome to our first ever session of God's Teeth, a uh, scenario for Delta Green. Well, actually, a full-on campaign. With me today is one of our players for the upcoming podcast. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey everyone, I'm Amber, and I will be playing Rowan, our, well, tough-to-beat agent. Wonderful. Now, uh, we shall start this off with a preamble warning, which will be at the start of every episode. Uh, this campaign contains and... Uh, this campaign concerns and confronts violence against children. Now, this subject matter can be far worse and far more personal and awful than the usual cosmic horrors found within Delta Green. So please keep that in mind, and listener, be aware of this warning. God's Teeth is a in-depth and harsh look at such realities. Thank you for choosing to listen and enjoy the beginning of God's Teeth. This is a prelude of sorts, as we will open up with Agent Rowan. Would you like to give a description of your agent and everything? So, Rowan is a tiny little thing coming in at approximately 5 foot 3. She's 40, sporting a full sleeve of tattoos on her left and bright pink hair. Wonderful. Now, time to give you some information for your agent that is custom to this campaign. First, is that you, Agent Rowan, have lost all of your old cellmates, as well as your, well, in general, your former co-conspirators, and you haven't had much contact from the conspiracy since. Currently, the conspiracy itself is going under undergoing a transformation, and during this transformation, things fall through the cracks, so to speak. Your agent used to be part of D-Cell. D-Cell was rebuilt in the 1990s, and, oh, sorry, D-Cell was rebuilt in the 1990s after some catastrophe overtook its prior members. Go ahead and please pick a code name that starts with the letter D for Agent Rowan. This will be their current code name throughout this scenario. Uh, you know what? Let's go with Agent Delane. Agent Delane. I like it. Now, currently, you are coming to grips with the death of your past fellow agents. You're wondering what will be the next step. You barely escaped and just everything has gone sideways. Currently, let me pull up something real quick. I am sending you a handout over Discord.
The handout is for you to know as an agent. If you would like, you may read it out loud. This encapsulates some information that you have gathered in your time with Delta Green. All right. So let's go ahead and read this so everybody knows where we're sitting. You may have found your friendlies and started using them, or maybe it was someone else. We all have to take care of them. The less truth they know, the better. They never hear code names. They never know of any members of the group outside of our cell. They never learn that the group exists. If they learn that the group exists, they never learn its real name. If they learn the group exists, they never learn its real nature. Tell them it's official. Tell them anything but the truth to keep them on board. If they learn the group's real name or real nature, tell ASL so we can get them encrypted. Email protocols immediately and make them agents ASAP. Correct. Now, currently, we are going to open up with some information. You have been contacted by Agent Clove of C-Cell. You are currently the sole survivor and leader by default of D-Cell. You know Agent Charlie and Agent Ernie, the leaders of C-Cell and E-Cell by codenames only. And you have addresses to reach them by a cryptid email. You know no one else other than C-Cell or E-Cell codenames and does not know the real identities of anyone within either cell. Now, for the first roll of the game, can you please make an intelligence check? This intelligence check will provide some information that your agent may recall. All right. Uh, so, 1D100, we are looking at 70, under 75. That is a success. Correct. Wonderful. So, here's what you know as a veteran agent of the conspiracy. You know that in-person meetings between cells are supposed to be arranged by cell leaders, and no one possesses <clears throat> the agent's contact information or codes save the leader of C-Cell. That must now be Clove, since you have gotten contact by them. What is more is that operations with multiple cells are supposed to involve cells not adjacent to each other in the alphabet structure. For example, cell C would commonly work with cell Echo or cell Foxtrot, but not cell B or D. The A lot about this meeting that you're about to undergo rubs you as strange. It's weird. In your entire experience and the limited cases that you have undergone for the conspiracy, you've never seen such a... not a breach of tradecraft, but disregard for the rules set within the current structure that you are in. It's definitely unusual. Currently, <clears throat> currently, 
the first briefing that you will have with the with uh, one second. Currently, the first briefing that you will have will transpire 2 a.m. Saturday, 3rd, 2001. The scene will open as you pull into a rural gas station off of Interstate 95 in Maryland. A hidden beeper, plugged in at all times and concealed in a closet, alerted you to the message from Delta Green. It meant that you had to jump through some hoops to log in and secretly read and become aware of the meeting. It is currently snowing, and there are two cars on the lot. One is a battered 1990 Toyota Corolla, belonging to the attendant, from what you can tell. The other is a sensible 1995 Honda Civic. It is bitterly cold outside, and snow is around the halfway between halfway point between your knee and your feet. Currently, uh, you are deciding your next move. What would you like to do? Well, there's not going to be anybody else outside, not in this weather. So, after a quick scan, just to make sure that there's nothing glaringly obvious, go ahead and head inside. Make an alertness check. Go ahead and make an alertness check. All right. Uh, that would be a four. Well under the 66. Wonderful. You do not notice anything standing out as glaringly problematic when you arrive. Well, we'll double check that my firearm is in its holster where it belongs, that all of the other random weapons I happen to be carrying are where they belong, and head inside. As you enter, the attendant behind the desk within this very small kitchen, restaurant of sorts, a diner, nods at you and with his head gestures to a small door in the back. It is one of those doors that you can easily push open and it closes behind you. It is near the rear of the restrooms and is kind of in a shuttered, it's kind of next to a shuttered counter. The only lights visible from the side door glow from three security monitors displaying the station's exterior. Well, I guess we're heading through that door. You head through the door. You notice that some lights are deliberately off and there's a light switch to your left. And you notice a figure in the shadows off to the side, just out of view from the monitor's brightnesses. We'll go ahead and leave that light switch off for now. There's enough light that I can have an idea of what's going on and if they don't want me to see their full face, there's probably a good reason for it. So, well, step inside, step to the side of the door, and lean back against the wall. The door just flaps a few times and then closes. What you notice, due to the hue lights of the monitors, is a cardboard advertisement for pizza. It's a poster 
sitting on the desk underneath the monitors. And the poster had a large photo of a young girl's face, tilted back and bite into a slice of pizza. The image itself has been vandalized. The eyes are blacked out, a stitch scar is added to the upper cheek, and the phrase, too white, written across the girl's enormous teeth. Each pepperoni slice has the word MEAT written across it, in all caps. You also hear the squeaking of the gas station's hot dog machine. It obscures possible attempts to record the ongoing conversation, and the stench of burned meat accompanies the dental drill squeal of the metal rollers. You hear the voice of a middle-aged woman. You can turn on the light, my dear. Okay, reach over. Click the switch on. When the light comes on, you see that Agent Clove is a middle-aged, one-and-a-half-meter-tall woman, a black woman, and from your high intelligence can wager she weighs about 70 kilograms. In American terms, she is barely five foot tall and weighs about 154 pounds. She looks extremely sleep-deprived, but alert. And you, uh, what is your military science? Uh, my mill science is only eight. Eight. Since you have some percentage in military science, I'll give this to you. You can realize that her position in the room is clearly tactical. She has clear lines of sight to the fire exit, kitchen uh, kitchen entrance, and security monitors. And then she looks at you and says, Greetings, agent. Please state your code name. Delane. Delane. Agent Delane. I'm Agent Clove. Nice to formally make contact. A-Cell tasked me with contacting you. You've been given a list of friendlies to vet for entrance into the group. They've already had credential reviews. Your Your mission is basically a loyalty test. Their names are in the Manila folder. You got a conference room set up at the Holiday Inn Express in Skykesville for tomorrow morning. A criminology lecture. You're supposedly training law enforcement and government personnel on domestic abuse. Alright. Now, here are my instructions. And then she lets out a sigh. And then she continues. Your goal is to go to the Cornucopia house. I will give you the proper address of the house location, as well as extra information. But you are in need of securing unregistered firearms. You are to mask up, and you are to arrive at that house at night. Once you are sure that the kids inside are asleep. Once that is done, your goal is quite simply to kill every single adult inside that building and make sure that none of them get a chance to even speak. Once you have done that, dispose of the bodies alongside any other evidence. When this is done, you are to call me directly on my burner phone. You are to tell these new recruits, the ones that you will be 
ordering around on this mission. Anything to get them to cooperative. Cooperate. <coughs> she coughs. At this point, she reveals a... Other than the manila envelope folder you saw previously, she reveals a folder with a cartoon cat stickered on it. And it is pink. It is currently closed. You could make out some burning scar marks along the folder as she continues. If they need a push, show them what's inside this folder. It will get them all a message, she explains as she taps the folder. Do not let the recruits call for help or permission from anyone at their day job. This entire operation must remain completely compartmentalized at all times. And most of all, do it fast. There are kids inside the house. They are being harmed and killed right now as we speak. Unfortunately, I will not be able to help you further from here. I have my own situation that I must take care of. Do you have any questions? What are we supposed to do with the kids? Keep them untouched. You are explicitly to take out the adults, cover up the murder of said figures, hide the bodies, and call me and inform me that the mission has been completed. Alright. At approximately what age do the adults begin and the kids end? The adults are easily all over their 20s. The kids are in the are around ages 6 to 12 years old. There's right. about 20 of them. So there won't be any room for mistakes. Good. Correct. Any other questions? I know this is quite unusual. It certainly is. Uh... 20 kids on registered firearms. How many adults are we expecting? The number is currently unknown, but I can estimate around four. If it's only four, why aren't we just sending me in on my own? We want to get more people inducted into the conspiracy and promoted. We're running short. I know you're probably wondering why you were chosen, since your cell is only you at the current moment, and that is why. You'll be able to increase your cell count if they complete the mission alongside with you. Alright. Well, suppose I better get started then. Good. I'm glad you have no other questions. Here, take the cat folder, and she gestures for you to take it. She'll take that, pick up the manila folder with the names. Inside this cat folder is unspeakable, unspeakable grizzly sights. Right, so don't open it until I get to the hotel room. You only use it if you're having issues getting the cooperation of the friendlies on board with this mission. 
Okay. And lastly, when it comes to the kids, make sure they don't see enough to identify you. Just call me when it's done, and we'll be able to figure it out next. We can do that. I don't suppose there's a hotel room booked for me already. There is. Good. That'll make life easier. I suppose I better get on the road then. Correct, and be safe. It was nice meeting you. After all of this is done, we can hopefully finally get a good night's sleep. Us? Sleep? Uh, Starting to feel like that's never going to happen. Here's the address for the house. Thank you. Now, do you have any other questions at all? No. No. Good. You may be on your way. I'll be leaving after you're gone. Well, Godspeed, whatever it is you've got in front of you. I know. I know. Let's just hope God isn't dead yet. And with a nod, Ronal, double check that she's got all of the folders and papers she's supposed mm-hmm. to, and head out the door. Okay. You leave, or the snow seems to be picking up a little bit. You make it back to your car, and you have the uh, partially burnt folder with the cartoon kitten on it. And you also have a manila envelope with you, as well as your gun in your holster. Everything seems fine. What do you do now? Well, the folders can wait. With the way the snow is coming down, I want to get to the hotel sooner rather than later. Okay. Time passes. You make it to the hotel without incident. You walk up, and you say your code name. They have a room booked that's already been paid and cleaned out as they hand you your key. Eventually, you find yourself sitting within your hotel room around 4 o'clock in the morning. Folders are on the bed with you as you sit down. What do you do? Well, I've got five hours till I have to be downstairs to do this thing. Let's take a look at that manila envelope, see what names we're looking at, see if there's any other information they've given me, or if it's just a list of names. When you open it up, you see the manila folder contains the names and contact information of various friendlies that will be used on the upcoming operation. You also find email printouts between the friendlies and cut out uh, and cut out email identifies that clove used to arrange a meet on uh, 3rd of of February 2001 at 10 a.m. in the small conference room in the Holiday Inn, the one that you're sitting in. And you also know that the conference room is in the conference room. It's downstairs, room 103B, and the lecture you'll be given is titled Domestic Abuse Intervention and Response Professional Development Seminar 2B. Inside, you have a disc, as well as a note that instructs you and lets you know that there will already be a laptop there, 
as well as the necessary programs to run the PowerPoint presentation, as well as some notes in general when speaking about it. Now, what is your criminology or bureaucracy? So we've got a bureaucracy of 40 and a criminology that's of 23. Yeah, that's all you need. With the bureaucracy, you are surprised that the emails are included because that is terrible operation security at all. And you also notice that the people on the list almost have nothing to do with one another. You, you have no idea what the criteria is for selecting them for this mission was, or even if there was a criteria in, in, at all. You also find a MapQuest printout of the house with the address that was written down on a separate piece of paper that she gave you. You also see copies of the employer identification number, EIN, and the 501c3 tax form for the nonprofit charity called Families Without Frontiers, which owns and operates the Cornucopia House. Also, when you dig in a little deeper, you realize there's a reason why this folder was kind of thick. You find a blocky Nokia phone. There is a sticky note attached to it stating that it has 20 minutes added to it. And you, when you turn it on, you notice that it has one number on the contacts page. Presumably, this is closed burner number. Well, we'll turn that off. Stick it in the bag. We're not going to need that till things are over with, or till everything goes to hell. Mhm. What do you need now? Well much as I don't want to. We're going to open that other folder. Can I please get a sanity check, please? Yep. This is from Unnatural. We can definitely do that. Uh, 41 under 44. You lose one point of sand. You are currently in your hotel room. The folder lays next to you, alongside... Well, first off, you get the sensation that time has passed. The folder lays next to you, alongside a bottle. You don't remember buying this bottle, and the bottle is almost empty. You notice the sun is already beginning to rise over the horizon. You begin trying to conjure up what you saw... And you could only imagine flipping the folder open, curious to why you can't hold a memory of doing it before. You are certain that if you did that, you would find nothing inside except a rectangular portal to a huge, sucking void that draws your body and soul into it like a collapsing star. The pages will eat at you if you open the folder again. The only thing more absolute than your terror is the knowledge that she was right. They all have to die. I mean, there's kids involved, so she was already pretty much on board with this, but whatever this is, it's all sorts of wrong. 
And that is the prologue to God's Teeth. Awesome.